0: In this podcast, we have special guests with us here, Chad Olson. He's a weightlifting coach and barbell gym owner in West Palm Beach, Florida, Sedulous Performance Athletics. Now, as a new gym owner, we dive deep into what he has learned in being a gym owner versus being a good coach. Also, we talk about working with different age groups and clients and athletes, as well as how specifically to develop good relationships with them.
1: If you're a barbell coach or trainer interested in learning more about the mechanics of lifting or struggles with programming a client through pain-to-peak performance or communication skills to effectively gather intel on your client's previous injuries, this podcast is for you. The Alinea Coaches podcast exists to elevate strength and conditioning coaches, as well as personal trainers to the highest degree. Co-hosts and barbell coaches turned doctors of physical therapy, William Mills and Joey Rosie interview coaches and trainers from around the globe on improving mechanics, communication, and programming to better serve their clients as a new line of fitness professional.
0: All right, guys, so we're back here for another episode of the podcast with my co-host, William Mills. And tonight with us, we have barbell coach and gym owner, um, Chad Olson. Now, Chad has over 10 years of experience in the field, and he actually has his own gym now here in West Palm Beach, Florida, called Sedulous Performance Athletics. So Chad comes from a background of having his USAW, his um, CSCS, and having spent some time uh, in the CrossFit realm, also getting his CrossFit certification as well. So we, we are esteemed to have him with us today because he's bringing a whole breadth of knowledge and experience, and it's great to have you on, my man. Thanks,
2: Thanks sir. I appreciate it.
0: So <clears throat> before, you know, before we actually hit the record button, we were sitting here talking, and you know, from experience of having conversations with him uh, before, you know, we, we really thought that we wanted to dive in a little bit more on the communication aspect. Um, it's something I know, me personally, I struggled with a lot. From the start of my career as a fitness trainer and even into being a therapist uh, Of with communicating communicating with athletes and clients and it's something I from firsthand have seen that he does really well So we thought it'd be a really good idea for him to talk about this uh, today Um, So Chad I'm just going to turn it over to you Um.
2: Awesome Uh, So Like, uh, Joe said, thank you guys, uh, for having me on. I, uh, I appreciate it. Um, starting off here with, uh, with communication. Um, I had a boss in the past that, uh, noticed me kind of talking to the athletes throughout the gym and, uh, pulled me to the side and, and kind of asked me to play a game with myself in terms of how long can you talk to somebody without saying I, me, or my, um, and it, it was crazy how, how quickly you would catch yourself in, you know, somebody had something to say, they were telling you about your day, and immediately it shifted to, oh, well, I. Oh, well, you know, myself and my friends, or oh, this was my workout today, you know. And um, I, I actually just got, got finished with a, uh, a really good book by Dale Carnegie. It's been around forever now, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, And it was all about kind of interacting with the athletes and the the customers and everything like that. And um, one of the quotes that really kind of resonated with me there was, all things considered, people do business with people they like. All things not considered, people still do business with people they like. Um, Kind of meaning you could have the best product on the planet – and if people don't like you, they're not doing business with you. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really all about that, that relationship aspect and being able to build that trust and that proper communication with, uh, with your athletes and, and new members and, and things like that. Um, so that's something I've really been trying to, to pride myself on in terms of kind of investing in the athlete. Um, find out as much about them as physically possible, so that you know when I walk into the gym or when they walk into the gym, there's that that personal aspect. We're building we're building a uh, a relationship, and not just you're a member of my gym. You come in and you pay and you go home. Um, you come in, we have a conversation. How you doing today? How you feeling? Well above and beyond. Oh, this is the workout today. This is how I, I scored on this today. Uh, I you know I don't feel like doing this today. I'm sore. Oh, how's your family? Um, how's your dog today? You know, how's how's the work? You know, you, you work a mile away. That that's great. You're you're really close to the gym. I'm glad I see you so often. Oh, you have a commute. You know, just finding out as as much as possible so so we can be uh, a lot more relatable in the, in that aspect, and we're not just kind of robots. Um, you know, I'm the owner of the gym. I have to operate in this certain way. Um, the more I can build a friendship with you and a, in a actual kind of time, timely relationship with you, time lasting relationship with you. Um, I, I feel works extremely well for in the business aspect, member retention. Um, but also kind of just developing those, those relationships, um, not only that the more i develop a relationship with you the better odds are that you are going to refer me to one of your friends you know um i really like this guy he's a good person he's a he's not just my coach but he's a friend of mine um you know so so again not just the business aspect but the the personal aspect as well uh, has really come to help kind of grow sedulous um and uh, i know several other other businesses, gyms that kind of have adapted that atmosphere as well. Um, so, you know, like I said, I guess kind of repeat myself at this point, but, um, but building those relationships has has really uh, been successful for me.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that's, it's funny you say that for, for the listeners. I mean, there's so many gold nuggets in that. And I remember when I was in PT school, because when I was just a trainer, I never really got any exposure to any of this. And I remember when it was actually my ethics class and I don't want to give you a long story, but long story short is, Hey, if you don't want to get sued, get people to like you and connect with people. And when you connect with people, you know, or sorry, my professors were just like, you, you need to connect with people. And the thing is nobody really showed, showed me personally how. So I remember I did everything that you're saying not to do when, when I first started my therapy practice and in the instance of any time somebody would, you know, say anything along those lines of something I connected with, I was always like, Oh, I do that too. Oh, me too. I have that similar experience. And it was now looking back, obviously you find that you're, you're almost taking over that conversation rather than being a listener and being a participant in which I was simply trying to connect and that, you know, some of those things you, you simply learn with mistakes and by experience. And it's, it's such a powerful thing that what he's saying. And I know God, we can get on just relationships building for all day. I mean, we'll, we'll hear like, I mean, he can talk about relationships and building your network of a clientele and your network. You know, a lot of times we'll say your network is your net worth. Um, cause it is so powerful and, I Usually
3: say it backwards though. Cause I, I make sayings backwards. It's weird. You know,
0: we'll, we'll definitely like to say that backwards. It is your network is your mm-hmm. net worth. <laughs> but, um, no, all, all great. Great points and and things pointed out here. Yeah, that's Um, good stuff.
2: Something I uh, I left out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Names. It's unbelievable how valuable using somebody's name.
3: Chaz muted.
2: There we go. Um, I can't tell you. Did we catch the names part? Did did I say half of that? Um, Names. You know, names. Uh, I can't tell you how many times somebody walks into the gym. They introduce themselves to me. I'm shaking your hand. They tell me your name, and within two minutes, I have no idea what your name is. Um, I fell into that trap for, uh, for a really long time, um, and now I work on a lot Another of practices yeah. of uh, as I'm shaking your hand, I'm not telling you my name. You know, I'm repeating your name in my head several times. Um, I look at something on your body. Maybe it's your shoes that day. Maybe it's your shirt that day. Um, Something that I can just correlate, you know, the two. Oh, that's that's James in the red shirt. You know, that's that's Brian in the black shirt. Um, Something of that nature. And then repeating that name over and over again. Um, because then I take that to maybe we're doing a workout or, you know, they're doing something across the gym and I may be working with a one-on-one client or something, but I can yell, Hey, Brian, great push press, you know? Um, and in that split second, that athlete feels like they're being paid attention to, you know, whether you're only paying attention to for a split second, they then feel valued, you know? Um, I was actually giving a, uh, it, it was, it happened perfectly. I was giving a coach's development course to a bunch of interns I had here and we were talking exactly on that topic of whether you're working with somebody directly or not. Um, y- you can see the whole gym, you know, you, your eyes, your eyes can go everywhere. Um, you can be paying attention to your one-on-one client. You can be paying attention to your semi-private client and have kind of a knowledge of what's going on in the gym. You're, you're not going to be a good coach unless you kind of get your head on the swivel. You know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm giving this coaches development course to these interns and kind of just right over top of, of talking to them. I, I yell, Hey Alyssa, great squat. You know, and she puts the bar down and she turns and she has this kind of elated smile on her face like, wow, you're paying attention to me. You know, and every one of the interns looked at that and just kind of saw how valuable just yelling something across the gym just to make that person feel like they are wanted there. They are welcome there. They are part of this team. Um, you know, again, building, building that relationship. It's, it's, it's that easy. You know, it's that some, something, something that simple. And that really starts with, with learning somebody's name. You know, if you don't know the name, like, Oh, Hey, good, good squat guy. You know, <laughs> that, that that that's not the same as, as being able to, uh, to use that name and, and that value.
0: Yeah. Isn't that, that's one of the things that Dale Carnegie teaches in his book, isn't it? That, you know, the best or the, the, you know, the most influential, influential thing, sorry, or the best thing anybody can hear is actually the sound of their own name. Like, nothing sounds better than their own name. Um, that That's one of his points in his book, right? Yeah, I remember when I read that, God, years ago. But it's such a staple book that I think every coach really needs to read. Um, you know, because I, I, too, struggle with names. And I've been a person, at least where I grew up, it was so common that everybody had nicknames. Like, all your buddies, they have your nicknames and everything. So, like, I've always been so used to calling people Bud, Buddy, Bro, you know. That it it wasn't until it like I almost transitioned into more a uh, professional standpoint that I was like All right, I gotta actually start using people's names. Now Will here, this guy is like the king of remembering like minute detail. You'll sit there
3: minute details, but kind of like what Chad was saying, I need a I need to have like a mental reference in place to remember them. Yeah, it's weird because um, I. I've noticed myself, I had a really hard time with remembering names whenever I used to coach CrossFit and I would get like a new person that I knew I never forget a face, but I, I had a lot of trouble remembering names. And, uh, my, my go-to was to make sure I was friends with them on Facebook because like I would have a mental reference to be able to go back and and look at their face and then see a name. Fast forward, it quickly turned into Instagram handles. Well, I started to remember people's Instagram handles more so than their actual name. Um, which about right in could, potentially, could, could potentially be a whole new problem. Uh, but giving, giving you an ability to correlate is, is hu- was huge for me, um, but I think it's a good practice. but yeah, I think it's super valuable. I try to make it a habit to say I I was realizing when I was dealing with clients as a physical therapist now that I would not like we, it would be a one-on-one conversation because I do one-on-one treatment sessions, but I was noticing I wasn't saying their name frequently. Like it would just be, we would be talking about them and I was, and I've become better at being aware of not saying me, me, me a lot and making it more about them, but I still wasn't just saying their name. So I, I've made it a goal to try and say their name at least three times in that hour conversation and make them feel like they're being heard. But yeah, I wonder, I haven't looked into the science of that. I'm sure there's been some solid science to support that, and it's not just anecdotal. Under which part, the, like science, you mean? The um, Like the, the psychology, psychology of it? Yeah, the psychology of hearing your own name. Cause you said it was in that dude's book, right? Yeah. Where did he, where did he get that from? Or was that just an observation?
2: I'm uh, i I'm almost positive. Dale goes into the actual science behind it, but um, I I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I want to say it's somewhere around um, three to five times. um, Both for the person saying the name to remember and the person hearing their own name um to correlate that with with they are being heard and they feel like they're they're being welcomed uh, i forget exactly what the the science was but I'm, I'm near positive he goes over it
3: yeah i like that three to five times sounds like a sweet spot i'm just gonna say well 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 i'm just kidding that doesn't help <laughs> don't do that yeah. listeners don't do that with your clients. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't definitely don't do that. Do as I say, not as I do. I think I've made like every mistake we will ever talk about. Um, yeah. It's a great learner. It's a great teacher, I should say. You know, it's it's one hell of a way to, to learn is by screwing
3: up. And that's, I've done it a lot. <laughs> we we know, like your AirPods before this. Um, it's <laughs> that's true. It's endearing, uh, Chad. So I was talking to Joey about. Like the population of your clientele at the gym, and he, from what I gathered from him, you have a pretty large population of like youth athletes that are weightlifters as well as adults. How does um, how does your conversations change when you're dealing with youth athletes slash you know talking to their parents because usually their parents are the ones paying you? How does the conversation change when you're talking to them versus parents
2: um yeah so my clientele ranges from i she started when she was seven she's now eight um so eight years old up to 67 years old um and i have people kind of from every background um nationally ranked olympic weightlifters to you know people who are overweight just trying to improve quality of life so um there's definitely some different ropes of, uh, of communication, but, um, I try to, I try to practice being kind of radically transparent in terms of the way I'm speaking is the way I'm going to speak to, to everybody. Yeah. Um, obviously the, the youth kids are, are a little bit, a little bit different in terms of, I have to keep this a little more fun for them in order to, Keep them as engaged as I need to be. Um, however, they are also both now ranked nationally and headed to national championships this year. Um, so, you know, there needs to be a a clear line of communication between me and them to where, hey, you know, ladies, this is fun. This is we want this to be fun. We want this to be lasting for you. But at the same time, you know they have goals too and they they care about this a lot Um, when they don't do well you can see it written all over their face Um, this isn't this isn't a joke for them anymore you know so for them to understand that hey this is this is the work that i need you guys to complete and i need you to complete this as as hard and as focused as you can if you want to step up on that on that platform and and perform well you know yeah. if you guys don't want to be uh be upset with your performance so it is it is slightly different with them and in, in terms of you know it's it's a little little more smiles more high fives you know um, this is fun. I want this to be a great experience for you guys. Um, but at the same time, I also treat them as, as the elite athletes that they are in terms of holding them accountable to, to, this is what we're doing today. These are the weights that we're lifting today. These are the exercises we are doing as much as you guys want to complain and you don't like them, you know, but then while we're doing them kind of making, making them laugh and, and making this a good atmosphere.
1: So do you
3: um, allow for one TikTok video to be filmed per training session during accessible <laughs>
2: work? Um typically they're they're doing their TikToks uh in the car on the on the way here. Um them them being a little bit younger, I try to uh I, I try to keep them off the TikTok because uh they're they're doing some uh, some movements that mom isn't isn't really happy with as of right now. They're a little bit yeah. too young to be doing that stuff. Um, so the TikToks are done are done in the car uh, when they uh, when they come here when when it's time for their session. They they know exactly what to be doing. They're putting their shoes on. They're getting ready and uh, and we get right into their warm up. We definitely joke around and stuff uh, after their session's over um, you know, and have a good time. But, uh, but when they, when they come in, they're, uh, they're ready.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, in terms of talking, uh, to the, to the parents, you know, I, I am, uh, also kind of very, very transparent with them. Um, I tell them exactly kind of where, uh, where the girls and, and guys are, um, in terms of, you know, do they, do they have a, a shot? Um, you know, are they, are they improving? Do they need more focus? Hey, I need you to change their diet at home. Um, I, I'm very, very upfront with the, uh, with the parents as well, just like I would be, you know, one of my, uh, older, older athletes that, um, is, is really looking to, uh, to improve in this. Cause at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the parents are controlling the diet, you know? Um, and, and that's a, that's a big thing with, uh, with the youth athletes is, is they, they don't know what they should be eating. Um, they don't know how to eat, you know, so whatever, whatever mom or dad puts uh, puts in front of them at home, that's, that's what they're, they're going to be eating. So the nutrition and things um, definitely goes through, goes through mom you know, um, we'll joke a lot about, you know, we'll talk to the, to the girls or the guys, the, the youth guys and say, uh, you know, Hey, no, no candy, no cupcakes, blah, blah, blah. And, and they'll laugh it off. But, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's the, the parents who are, are cooking the food and, and putting the food in, in front of the kids and the parents that are buying the groceries. So, um, that's where we really need to kind of be upfront, open and honest with, uh, with mom and dad, like, hey, listen, I, I need I need you guys to do a, a better job at um at taking care of them and, and feeding them properly and and things of that nature. You know, so I, I speak to the parents generally the same way I would I would speak to uh, an athlete coming to me with with certain goals of improving or losing weight or or whatever it may be you know um, you have to tell them exactly how it is exactly what they need to do in in order to to reach the goals that they have because if you if you kind of you know butter them up and say oh yeah we can do this we can do this we can do this um you know you can you can get your cheat meals here and and oh you don't need to be that serious and then And then these people don't, don't reach the goals that they, that they came to you with. And next thing you know, they're, they're not coming to your gym anymore. So, um, you gotta, you gotta be as upfront as you, as you can with these people. Um, and, uh, and, and truly tell them the truth. You know, uh, sometimes that's, that's not the the best sales pitch, I guess you could say, you know, people don't exactly always want to want to hear the truth, but, um, in in the fit the fitness realm, um, I gotta tell you how it is, or, or you're not exactly gonna get you get what you want.
3: Right. I like that. Yeah, it's hard to tell a kid that they can't smash Buffalo Wild Wings twice a week. That's what I did in high school. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, they they, they, they get, get a little upset.
3: upset. I went got off school Mondays and Thursdays, 50 cent boneless. This is pre sixty five inflation bullshit from buffalo wild wings i would go and smash 24 wings i would go to the gym for an hour and a half then i would go cross practice and that was like every day
2: yeah Otis. we used to uh we used to say mcdonald's is how you get big chicken nuggets some some mm. uh quarter pounders and uh oh. head to the gym and that's, and that's that, that was, was the diet, diet.
0: That's speaking my powerlifting language right there, man. You got to go get yourself like burgers on burgers, and that's what we had for pre-workout, man. That was that. That was it. Yeah. Oh man, just the day. Just I'm
3: waiting for one of these these companies. You do that just, now, and you gain ten pounds. Stupid. What? You do that once, and you gain ten pounds. Now that's called age, man. <laughs>
0: I'm just waiting for the day that um you know one one of these companies make a a healthy macro based version that tastes just as good out of these greasy, you know nasty places. That'll be the day, right? With all this technology, I'm surprised we don't have something yet.
3: I saw something recently about vegan nuggets that uh, no. I do. once
0: almost ate an impossible burger, and I had no idea
3: that it was impossible
0: because it's not actually meat. And I went there. I was like, oh, shit, an impossible burger. This just sounds delicious. You're just I, I had on. no idea. Huh? Yeah, I was totally like, don't judge a book by its cover thing. I judged it, and I was ready to smash it. Right? And story, Like, you don't know what it means, but it gets you going? Yeah, I had no idea what it was. And so the wait the waitress was just like, um, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, it's an impossible burger. Like, it sounds like it's I have to do it. it. It was almost tempting, like in the name. And she's like, what? You didn't have a choice at that point. I didn't. And then she's like, you know, there's no meat in it. And I was like, it's a burger. And she's like it's vegan. And I was like, Oh God, (laughs) do not send me that. No, I did not try it. Um, Had she not have said that she told me I wouldn't have noticed the difference. And I I wonder if she never told me and I actually ate it, if if it would have changed my mind. But once like that mental block, once it was in, I was like, nah, can't do it.
3: Straight carnivore. Mm. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had it. Um, so, so Chad, what, what is a struggle that you've come across in not just being a business owner, but being a coach and having a diverse, um, clientele and have you always had a diverse clientele or is this since you've opened up your personal gym? Um, let's
2: see. I've, uh, I've pretty much always had a, uh, had a diverse clientele. Um, you know, I've worked, I've worked for a a boot camp, a a globo gym, um, several different CrossFit gyms, um, started kind of independent contracting, working within these facilities, but, but working, working for myself, um, renting space. So as I've, as I've moved from place to place to place um, I've been generally in the same location and I, and I brought, you know, one or two people from, from each location that have stayed with me. I mean, I mean m- most of my, most of my clients with me at this point ha- have been with me three years, four years, five years. Um, client retention is, is, uh, is very good for, for me. Um, my, my issue is, is getting people through the door. Um, the, the marketing aspect and and things like that is something I, I'm still, I'm still learning, um, and, uh, and trying to do my my best with, Um, at the end of the day, I'm a coach, right. And, and that's, uh, that's what I've wanted to do is, is coach. Um, and, and I finding opening, opening a business, um, I coach much less, (laughs) I I coach much less. Yeah. um so uh so hopefully uh as as I'm I'm open longer i mean actually i think uh 2 days ago was my my 8th month anniversary uh in in my own place um so you know kind of as uh, as i grow here and um you know kind of develop the business more i'm hoping to have uh more people kind of do the do the back end work so i can uh be more on the floor and more uh more engaged with the athletes like, uh, like I always was, you know, so I I think my, my biggest struggle, my biggest struggle now, you know, with, uh, I don't really struggle with having, having the the diverse clientele as much as, as being as engaged with, uh, with everyone as uh, as I'd like to be, um, Obviously at at, at this point, you know, I, I've been doing it, I've been doing it a long time. Um, my interest, my interest really lies in working with the athletes and and the Olympic weightlifters, um, the, uh, the youth or or adolescents kind of on, on the sports teams. Um, so, you know, but at the same time, I, I've had, I've had some weight loss clients with me for, for five years now, you know? And, um, as much as that, that's not what, what I prefer to do anymore. Um, I was drilled with with boot camp, boot camp, running a boot camp, running a boot camp, running the the fitness class um, for years, and it really just just burnt me out. Um, you know, I, I have to find find the passion to still work with those guys as as intensely as I as I work with the weightlifters and the uh, the sports performance athletes because you know they're they're paying me a lot of money and they've been paying me a lot of money for uh, for a while you know so uh it would be a a a large disservice if uh i wasn't i wasn't kind of giving them the same experience as as the people that you know i i quote unquote want to be to be working with you know everybody's passion everybody knows that they have a passion in 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 something and where it lies and i know i know that mine has always been in in the competitive athletes and and you know the the guys that are are looking to to compete and and do this as a sport. I mean, I I played, I played sports my whole life. So, so that's really, that's really where, where my passion lies, you know, but, but like I said, I, uh, I have to find it in me to, to stay as engaged as possible with, with the, uh, the clients who have different, different types of goals. And um, you know, like I said, have been, have been paying me for, uh, for a really long time. So that's, that's probably my, my, biggest issue in terms of having, having such a diverse kind of clientele.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. I think uh, the, the owners, the owners that we've had on the podcast so far share similar, um, similar kinds of struggles with transitioning from super passionate coach that's been, working at different places and being feeling like they're able to get better at their craft, which is coaching. And then they transition into business ownership and it's like, well, shit, I need to work on the business. If I'm going to continue to be able to coach, it's almost like, um, it's like the, uh, it's like an inverse scale that like starts up out here and then it dips And then the dip is like business management and then it evens out and it goes back up and you get more time back to do what you enjoy. But yeah, Joey and I, Joey and I have felt that with starting our physical therapy practices as well. It's a very, it's a very similar kind of happenstance between the fitness and the rehab world, which is cool. I think, I think a big part of it is just owning a business in general. The more I've learned about business, the more I've realized that every business is kind of the same and every business owner has the same kind of struggle um, if you're dealing with people, especially. Uh, but that's good. I like that. Joe, you got anything? No, I mean, you guys are you guys
0: are really hitting on all the, all the points. Um, yeah, I mean... I I think we all are, we're in pretty much similar scenarios. I actually treat a little bit out, out of Chad's gym. So I, I see what he's talking about and everything. And you know, I'm, I'm actually new to the area of where we are in West Palm. Um, And it's, it's great when you start to see momentum and then, Rona comes and just wrecks her freaking ass path on on everybody and slows everything down. I mean, and it's nobody's fault. Like nobody could have predicted there's, there's not much anybody could have done in preventative. It's more of like, I look at this as social Darwinism, you know, when Darwinism, you know, most people think of, it's only the strongest who survive. And I think a lot of people forget the second half and it's, it's the strongest and those willing to adapt. And I think now is a time that we're Mm -hmm. business is businesses and business owners, clientele, um, it, it's really called upon them to to adapt in into times because times changing and it's uh you know I'm 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 really interested to see what's where we come out on the other end in the next couple of years. I know healthcare on one end is gonna change drastically. I also think fitness is as well. I see things like you know from from things like Corona like you're also seeing peloton and tonal and all these things really just have a huge massive tick upwards in the in the positive direction because people are you know m- you know wanting to be able to still stay active and do these things and for for those digital aspects of fitness it's it's taking off like a wildfire and i, I wonder when when the dust settles where where we're going to be in the next couple years and i think it's i'm I'm kind of interested to see what 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 changes what happens
3: um, yeah it's
0: it's a thing it's you know
3: it's interesting to not be able to, I can't give the best advice on how to deal with that because I was like, like Joey said, with his momentum, I was having a lot of momentum as well. And it was getting to the point where like the goal was, you know, soon I want to, I was getting a marketing guy on board and that was kind of becoming automated and it wasn't as much of a struggle and I wasn't having to spend as much time with it. And then, the next step was to get another physical therapist working for me to give, to give me back more time to work with other people. And, um, it's like right on that edge. It's like a lip, a lip to where you have to just jump off and then, then you're there. But, uh, yeah, Corona has not been conducive to business at all. But, um, I feel like part of, part of running a business is going through that process at, at the initial, you know, you said eight months, I think I'm at 10. So it hasn't even been a year, but the millennial in me is like, shit was taking so long. <laughs> oh, man, this- I, uh, I say that every day. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, all of our business mentors are older, right. And more experienced. And it's, di- they're, they're in a different generation where, you know, they probably didn't find success in their business before five or six years in, you know? And, uh, it's just, a, it's a perspective thing. I think, I think some of it is the psychology of, of our age and, and wanting things faster, but at the same time, it pushes you to go faster, which has its good and bad moments um burnout dealing with burnout in that have you ever been burnt out since starting yeah yeah (laughs)
2: um well let's see i uh I, i was almost forcefully burnt out um before i even even started my own place um there was a moment i was i was working for another gym um, I lived I lived 20 miles away thankfully I, I drove at, at four in the morning and and at nine at night so there was nobody on the road so it took me you know about about 25 minutes um, but I lived 20 miles away I had to open the doors at 4:30 a.m. for the first class at, at 5 a.m um, I'd get a break somewhere between like one and, and three, um, start preparing for the, the evening classes at, at three thirty. Um and then I was locking the doors at eight thirty. Um Ryan, drive yeah. home. When I when I pulled in my driveway, at that very moment I had six hours to sleep. Um, not counting, not counting, walking my dog, eating, showering, setting up for the morning. Because if I didn't, if I didn't set my clothes and and you know some type of food and and breakfast, um, then I was waking up even earlier than than three thirty. Um, and I did that. I did that for about eight months. Um, somehow, somehow survived just just a little bit. Um, ended up, nice. ended up, yeah. Ended up doing uh, an Olympic weightlifting competition. Did really well. Felt great. Um, the very next day, I uh, I like died physically. Um, could not could not leave my bed for a good uh, like five days. Um, and good. then and then my boss uh, finally decided to hire somebody to help me. Um, so uh, so that was that was probably my first my first real feeling of that. Um, in opening up the gym, I tried to, I tried to really avoid that as much as possible because I know the the more, the closer I get to that, my quality of work goes down. Um, my irritability goes up, you know, um, and, and all, all things, all things just start to, to take a downturn, the closer you get to, uh, to burnout. Same, same thing with overtraining and, uh, and everything else, you know, um, Closer you get to there, the more increased risk of injury. Closer you get to, to burnout and work, the more increase of, of illness and, and, you know, starting to starting to lose business. Because um, people see that. People feel that. You know, you come in and, and your, your interest is not there as, as much as it should be. Your passion is not there as much as it should be. And, and that can reverberate through, uh, through the whole gym. And, and very quickly, you'll, you'll start seeing things uh, die off until, uh, you kind of regain that momentum or, or take a break in order for you, uh, for you to come back. Um, so I've been, I've been pretty good at, uh, at avoiding it now. Um, that's not to say I don't, I don't put in some, some crazy hours. Um, Mm -hmm. I think to begin with, I was, I was doing like 14 hours a day for, uh, for the first, I don't know, four or five months. Um, and then I slowly started gathering people to, uh, help me with that schedule. Um, you know, there's, there's still days that, uh, that I'm here for a while. Um, especially when we were building out, man, I, I don't, I think I didn't sleep for like three days. Um, cause I wanted to get everything up and running so fast. Um, you know, so, uh, there's still, there's still times that, that you get close to that, but, um, I'm much better at being aware of how I'm feeling and, and how I'm, I'm, you know, I can catch my my mental state of of being irritable, um, you know, saying things that I didn't really want to say, um, taking accountability for that. You know, I may snap at somebody that that walks into my office when when, you know, th- they know that it's a, it's a downtime for me and this is a break and people aren't supposed to be in the gym. Um, you know and then walk back out and say hey you know I'm really sorry you didn't you didn't deserve that blah blah blah. what can I help you with you know so so learning from that mistake kind of as as Joe was Joe was saying earlier um, you know it's it's about those relationships and if you want to build those relationships then um, then then things like that can't happen and if they do happen then then knit them in the butt as, as quickly as you, as you possibly can and, uh, take accountability for, uh, for that fault. But kind of like you said, all, all of that comes from, from, you know, being closer to burnout and, and losing the sense of your why and, uh, and, and what you, you built this whole thing for, um, you know, so, uh, as far as you could stay away from burnout, I, uh, I suggest that hire, hire some people that, uh, that are accountable and that, that can help you. Um, so that, that when, when it's your time to shine, you, uh, you have that energy and you have that passion to, uh, to give the people what they deserve.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think doing, um, setting, setting the systems in place to be able to operate, uh, to the affinity that is your passion is the best way to, to avoid burnout. And if you own your own business, I mean, you have a gateway to do that. It just takes a lot of hard work to get there. I was, um, I felt burnout several times, both coaching and as a physical therapist. Um, The coaching for me was when I was doing pretty much exclusively group classes. I would get there at like nine and leave at nine pretty much every day just cuz i i basically stayed at the gym all day cuz my schedule my schedule allowed for me to coach and then work out for like an hour and a half 2 hours crush some greek food and then get back to coaching for the rest of the day so it was like it was a grind but it wasn't really paying off or i i was i was beginning to realize that it wasn't going to pay off cuz it was just like part time but it was full-time coaching um and i got burnt out that way but at that time i realized like to continue to do that wasn't the wasn't the goal to get to the next step to potentially own a gym slash clinic hybrid in the future like i wanted to Um, so i just had to i felt like i just had to take a step back and and go back to what was the what was the end goal
2: Yeah, I've definitely uh, the the group class thing, like you mentioned. Um, you know, as as much as that's been a a a great model, you know, for for CrossFit and and boot camps and things. Um, in terms of of coaching, um, it's very tough to to be a group instructor full-time or, or make it a, a full-time career. Um, I, I don't, I don't know anybody who, who hasn't been forced, you know, or, or at least chosen to, you know, start personal training or, or get a job on the side because, uh, most of these gyms are not, are not paying, um, anywhere near enough money to, to, make coaching a, a full-time thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, so I, I, can, I've definitely been in that, in that same position before. Um, and again, especially if you're, you're not, you know, coaching something that, that is of your, your passion, you know, um, when I was in the, in the CrossFit setting, like I said, I, uh, I coached a lot of CrossFit, but, um, I was, I was the programmer for, for a boot camp class in in three different facilities you know i did a very good job in the first facility that i was in so when i went to the next one they were like oh you know your your boot camp was really awesome over here would would you mind you know you know implementing that same style in, in our facility you know we'll, we'll have you coach across it but we really want you in charge in this sector and then the same exact thing happened when i when i went to uh the third place is oh yeah you know we'll give you all these crossfit classes so then I got even even more overworked in that aspect of here take all of these CrossFit classes but you're also programming and, and operating the uh the fitness class here as well. So it was just kind of every class under the sun that that you know I, I enjoyed I enjoyed coaching the the CrossFit, you know, a lot of the competitors, the the fire there. Um, you know, if, if we're getting into the the biomechanics uh, aspect of th- of this later, I'll tell you exactly why I, I can't stand coaching the CrossFit. But um, you know, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed uh, you know the the athletic sense and, and the passion that those guys brought. Um, but constantly coaching coaching the boot camp, which um, you know, and this is not to not to deter anybody from fitness at all but the clientele that that seemed to head to those classes were you know people that just wanted to kind of get out of the house um you know and and yes they're trying to improve their fitness but they didn't they didn't tend to have the same passion as uh as some of the more more aggressive athletes now don't get me wrong i i applaud anybody trying to to improve their their quality of life but you know if you're looking to level up it, it, it's gonna take some some type of uh, some type of intensity so kind of years and years of being put in in that sense of uh, you know coaching coaching people that I, I wasn't exactly thrilled about coaching that that's where that that burnout absolutely comes through kind of kind of like you said the the group the group class element and not being paid for for how much how much energy and passion that, that you're forced to put in there. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's also why in, in, in my gym, I actually don't, we don't do any, uh, any group classes. It's all, it's all centered around either, either small group, private training, um, one-on-one training, personal programming. Um, I don't, I don't believe that, uh, you know, somebody, somebody with some goals, um, have certain goals that, that, 30 people should come through the gym and do the same exact workout every day. Um, every single person is different. Every single person responds differently to, to the same stimulus. Um, each person has different modifications, mobility issues, flexibility issues. Um, and if you're not, you're not focusing individually on those things, then then you're really just setting, setting people up to get hurt at the, uh, at the end of the day and, and people get hurt, then they leave your gym, they leave your gym, then, then there goes the money. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think with, with, you know, hearing both of you guys talking about being burnout in group classes, you know, I personally didn't have too, too much of experience with that. Cause you know, with, with my progression, it really went from personal trainer, um, to strength coach to, uh, you know, physio. And I, when I was a strength coach, kind of like what you were saying, Chad, is I primarily focused on the person on the programming aspect of it. And I never really did too many of the group classes, but on a, on a trainer standpoint where I would get burnout is the timing because it just seems that, you know, you're working with clients around their schedule, which happens to be first thing in the morning before work, occasionally on lunch or after work. And it's as you, you have to work around them, you know, and typically the middle of the day was kind of open for you to do your stuff, which sometimes would make it cool if you had to go to the bank and run little errands. But It was also exhausting because then you couldn't set a time aside, you know, like a Tuesday afternoon to go get V-dubs, like you were saying, Will. You know, not really go get V-dubs, but you you know what I mean? Like it, it was just that much harder that you couldn't block off time to go hang out with your friends and make a date night or something. And that's where I saw it. I mean, now I can get down a whole path of burnout and, you know, healthcare because that's. That's another monster on its own. Yeah. But as far as, you know, what you guys are both saying, I really never had to experience that, but I could completely empathize with you and uh, a lot of what you, you noted, Chad, on working in a group setting and realizing that not everybody's going to respond, respond to the same stimulus, but also not everybody needs the same cues and not everybody needs run through the same workout, et cetera, um, which makes your job as a coach that much harder. And it can wear on you because when you might be working really well with one person and the programming might be working really well with them, it can hurt you on a mental capacity and an emotional capacity because you know, deep down you could help somebody more, but you can't because you have to make the program, the group class at the base level at the lowest point where it can elevate everybody up from a basement floor rather than going to the ceiling of where people are. So I completely empathize with you on that, on that point. Um, you're saying though
2: yeah that's um that's great um like you were just saying kind of elevating people from that that basement floor um what i notice a lot in the boot camp aspect of things is people get stuck um They, they really enjoy those workouts and they love them and that's, and that's great. And not only that, they love the price point in, in terms of what they're paying. A lot of, a lot of these boot clamp classes are uh, a little bit cheaper, you know, take that $99 a month and, oh, well, you know, uh, that's all I have to pay. That's, that's great. It's 99 bucks a month. Um, But then you see, they never elevate from that basement floor um you know and and they they've been in the same gym because now it's their family and and they love all the members that go there and and you know the coaches the owner whatever it may be um but they've been doing the same exact thing for how many years now and and they go home and look in the mirror and and they're still looking the same or they test their 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 physical abilities and yeah it's better than what they were at day 1 but generally, if you start a new program, you're going to improve to, to some point until you hit that, that diminishing returns and the body stops adapting without, without really starting to focus on what you need personally, um, in order to, uh, to take that next step. Yeah,
0: it's all, all good stuff. I mean, it's all around every, everything that we're really hearing. Um, I mean, you're, you're really wise beyond your years. I mean, I I wish I could add a teacher that helped teach me a lot of the point things that you pointed out today you know because i had experience that taught me that and it wasn't always like i said the 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 best way because there were you know some downfalls from it such as losing clients losing members um but it was one hell of a teacher um we're we're gonna start wrapping things up i know we're, we're heading a little bit onto the long end of this and i feel like we could easily extend this out for another hour or two because it's just it's a fire conversation but for for the listeners if if you if you don't mind I know from just the things that I'm hearing, I would love to pick your brain a little bit more. Um, Chad, do you mind going ahead and just dropping some some social contacts or just some way that you know, any of the listeners that want to talk with you more about some of the stuff that you're bringing up or, or anything, is there you know, a way that they can reach out to you? Um, go ahead and you know, put any, any sort of plug, any shameless plug that you would, wouldn't mind anybody reaching out to you if you don't mind.
2: Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a website, obviously, uh, directly for the the gym. Um, you can contact me through there. It is uh, sedulousperformance.com. That's S-E-D-U-L-O-U-S performance.com. Um, there is a uh, a, a contact uh, kind of input your information on there. Um, but we also have Instagram. Uh, that, that is again at sedulousperformance. Um, probably your best way to contact me would either be through there Instagram. Um, shoot me a DM. Uh, I were, I have multiple coaches on there posting for us, uh, all day. Somebody, uh, somebody will see it and, uh, and get back to you for sure. Um, if you want to shoot me an email, if it's a little more long winded, uh, you can get me directly at Chad, C H A D at again, SedulousPerformance.com. So that's Chad at SedulousPerformance.com. Um, if you want to call the gym, feel free to call it's five, six, one, seven, six, six, one zero three nine we have facebook as well um believe the ad is sedulous performance uh there as well um i think i think that may be all our contacts i know we have a linkedin but i haven't been on that in uh in a while um we have a twitter too haven't been on that in a while um should probably uh should probably up my game on, on both of those but hard. but uh generally the uh the instagram and the uh the email would be your your Best direct contact. Um, if you're calling the gym and we don't answer the phone, the music's probably a little bit too loud. But um, I'll see. Uh, I'll see the voicemail on there and try and get back to you as soon as I can. There you go. I love it. So
0: don't be like Will and just memorize him for his IG handle. And his name is Chad uh, for those listening, because uh, Will definitely is an IG kind of guy. IG's big. You know, I'm just waiting for him to start up TikTok though. It's going to be kind of funny. Um, I did. It's just not. No, I meant Chad. I meant the gym. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but for any, any of the other listeners, if you, you want to go ahead and connect with Will or I, um, you can do it in our uh, Facebook group. We have the Alinea Coaches Community. Um, so you can just go into the search bar and, and look that up. Alinea, A-L-I-N-E-A, Coaches Community, And which we go, we're in there live frequently throughout, throughout the week and just dropping some knowledge bombs. Um, and it's a quick and easy way that you can connect with either Will or myself.
2: Thanks for coming on, Chad. I appreciate you guys having me. This uh, this was awesome. I would uh, love to do it again. I know we had some uh, some other points we wanted to uh, to get to, but um, okay. I think I talk a lot and uh, so do you guys. So uh, if you guys, guys ever want to have me back, I'd be happy to be on. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Sorry.
0: I, I was just agreeing that, yeah, we do talk a lot. <laughs> so, all right, guys. That'll be all. Uh, See you next time.
1: If you're interested in connecting with us and other coaches around the world, just like you, on a more personal level, join our Facebook group, Alineate Coaches Community, linked in the episode description. Also, if you or a friend who is a trainer are interested in joining us in a podcast, shoot us a message after joining. We'd love to chat.